Hi guys, and welcome to Deconstructing Damsel's Gear and Review. I hadn't planned on doing this, but I think there's been a lot going on in Romance Landia and the connections, and I kind of wanted to talk about them a little bit, as well as give you a heads up what's coming up in 2020. So, 2019's been pretty interesting, I think, as it comes to ahead and as this decade ends and as RWA, Romance Writers of America, get some of their comeuppance. And I hate using that phrase because RWA has been so helpful to so many people, like unbelievably helpful. There's been a lot of resources and there's a lot of time and members helping each other. But it's also been a gatekeeping aspect, which is not okay, especially for marginalized authors. There's been conversations coming out since December 23rd, when it was released that the RWA had censored to Courtney Milan, had revoked her membership for a year, took away any of her leadership possibilities within the org. And for the record, whether you like Milan or not, She's done a really good job of pointing out racism within the organization as a marginalized person because she's half Chinese, half white. And that doesn't sound like it's a big deal maybe to some people, but it kind of really is since so many marginalized people have been asking to be acknowledged, to ask to be given some kind of support, say, hey, this isn't okay what's happening to us, ignoring us, taking away our triumphs, taking away our celebrations, calling us not fit to be in the group and none of that's okay and this last board which was Helen Kay, Courtney Milan, Tessa Dare, I think Alyssa Day as well and I'm mentioning those because I've seen those more on my Twitter list that has nothing to do with anyone else because I know that Farah, oh I'm gonna say this name wrong, Roshan? Uh, I know that she's been saying stuff, I know that other marginalized authors have been talking for a long time about being uninvited to the table, even though that they were explicitly invited to the table. I can't okay with that. I can't be okay with that. There's no okay in my mind. And I admit, as a white woman running this podcast, I screw up sometimes. Like, I, I don't cover enough marginalized authors, and that's simply because sometimes I don't have the bandwidth to write everything that I read because I'm a super reader and I have to change that. That has to be part of this idea. Like we can no longer accept this kind of behavior. And so I'm going to try not to. And I'm happy to see a new organization forming the Romance Alliance, which I'm a part of. I will fully admit and give 100% about that. But it's because I want to see this industry and this genre flourish. It's been so important to me. Like I talked about this on the last episode of Pineapple in a Pine Tree. But I grew up reading romances. Again, speed reader as a kid. So I ran out of, you know, Sweet Valley High, Babysitter's Club. I ran all of that out by the time I was like 10. And so I would devour my godmom's, you know, bodice rippers as well. I will say this as well as, you know, John Grisham and also a little bit of Anne Rice. I read The Witching Hour. I really enjoyed that. But otherwise, eh. but I kind of varied what I read and I found romance was really up there with a comfort level. And I want everybody to have that. That's the whole point of this podcast, in fact, is to let everybody have something they want to read. And that's why I want you guys to point me in the direction I should be and often as I can be, please. 
I'm not asking you to do the work. I'm just letting me know when I mess up because I'm I'm going to be messy sometimes and I don't want to be, but I have to own that I have been. It's not great. It's not entirely appropriate sometimes, but it is what it is. And I can only change and get better with it. And that's one thing this whole RWA thing has thrown in my face is I can talk, but I have to walk. And I want this podcast to walk in that way. I want it to have a clear presence, which is why this year, again, I'm going to try and get more guests. I'm going to try and have more conversations, have more of it, because 2020 is a new year for me, but it's also a new decade for romance, and I want to be part of that. I want people to have their voice on the table. I want people to say, hey, I'm here. You can't ignore me. And it's not allowed. I think that's super important nowadays because a lot of times as white people, we talk, but we don't walk. And the author Claire Ryan has an incredible timeline on her website, which I will link to in the notes for you guys to get into if you don't understand everything going on at RWA. But essentially, (laughs) it was a lot of fuckery, to be honest. It was a lot of backhanded deals. It was a lot of hidden things and the more the board comes out and says stuff the more it doesn't work there's no real validity to their actions or the complainants complaints like it 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 doesn't make sense it it doesn't make sense within the world that has been built around rwa but also in the world that's been built around romance landia and i think it's important to note that because it comes down to i can write racist stuff but don't call me racist and reading some of the work that was in the heart of all this, it was hella racist. I'm from Atlanta. I'm from Georgia. I can spot racism when I see it. And I saw it. Like, it, you have to. I mean, there's been so many strides in the area that I grew up in, but it's still relatively conservative around Metro. Well, not even Metro, around, like, Atlanta proper. And a lot of the things that I read felt very accurate to what I had growing up because it was written 30 years ago okay but you can edit a book if you're re-releasing it you can re reproof it re-edit it find some solutions find some sensitivity readers because as it's been pointed out there was actually Native American people that were noting what Davis had written and that it wasn't accurate it was more like mystical crap to kind of hand wave and hurry things along Almost like they were trying to write a fairy tale, but they kind of missed the point of a fairy tale. They're usually not very happy endings for a reason, especially for women. I I can't validate the claims. I can't validate what was going on because I was actually in Romancelandia in August watching all this stuff go down from the periphery. And I didn't disagree with what anyone said. I read the things. I reread them when this just came out. And it's so obvious and so clear. (sighs) That people do not want to be called out. And Romance Landy has called them NWLs, nice white ladies. I kind of call them the Bless Your Heart Brigade. uh, Because, again, Southern. But also they're the people that would be the matriarchs would be like, Bless your heart for being so thick. They don't want to be called out on their bad behavior. But you have to be. It's kind of how you unlearn things and you deal with them. Just like the president-elect, Damon Swade... he's a very clear I'm not even going to say narcissist because it's not that I mean he is but it's more than that he is a very clear person who has never 
looked beyond his own experiences, nor asked. Like, not even, like, reading about them, just ask, like, the local guy next to you, hey, what have you been doing today? He doesn't have that that emotional empathy. He doesn't have that desire for it. And it's very obvious, listening to his many, many outrageous claims, there's been several things that I've written about it. I know Jenny Trout wrote one about some interview he gave in September that was just mind-boggling. And in the recent New York Times article about Romance Landia burning down, the RWA is the center of it, it was pat work. Like, anyone that knows what's going on is aware. I mean, I'm in Germany now, so I'm behind sometimes when the news comes out because I'm sleeping. It's like, you know, 12 o'clock my time, 6 o'clock, you know, Eastern time. So there's a lot of things that go on and I have to catch back up. But again, the Romance Alliance, which has a Discord I will link to, has a great job of putting news up and, and letting us know what's going on. And I think it's really important to, to note the people that are doing the hard labor because it's not always easy. In fact, it's quite difficult. And in that same vein, the RWA has done a lot of good work. And, and I do mean that. When Cockygate came out, they kind of defended all authors at the time. And that's why they had a surge in membership. That was also during Helen Kay, you know, Courtney, all their hard work. But you can't do that if someone isn't willing to walk with it. And the president-elect has been ignoring the fact that Dream Spinner Press has been not paying their authors for up to a year. And he recused himself, according to his husband, who went on Twitter. And I'm just like, okay, that's a bad idea all around together. Either speak for yourself or don't. The thing is, is he didn't make that public. And also, he's been saying stuff in private. And you can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. So either you're going to defend your community or you're not. And in this case, it's almost a sub-community because he's a gay man. So why is he not protecting the people that have been systematically obliterated in the publishing industry and who are just getting their strongholds in romance, really, and getting things that are not just male-male? Because uh, there's been mentioned that female and lesbian and gay and however you want to put this, because there's different identities within that. There's been a lot of keeping things out, keeping especially female-female uh, out, lesbian and bi. And that makes me angry because, honestly, I would rather read a female-female more than a male-male. That's just me. I've always been that way. When I used to write slash fic or when I used to write fic, I used to put a lot of women relationships in there because I thought it was important. The point is, is he knows all this is going on and he's staying eerily silent. And it's being brought up at the same time as the Courtney thing because it's not just Courtney. I stand with Courtney. Hashtag is not just about Courtney. It's also about everyone that has been eradicated from a voice. And it's like complete eradication. They don't even have like an opportunity to have a voice because there's gatekeeping in the, in the executive staff that are just keeping people out that qualify for things, qualify for the higher stuff, and they're just ignored. And oh, that pushes my buttons as someone who I love without reservation and I care without reservation that that's me like that's always been me and that's another reason I made this podcast was because I wanted people to understand that that I wanted them to understand the the epic scope of how you can write a woman and how they can be badasses and stuff like that and how they can work and you know not all my opinions are popular and that's completely normal 
I wouldn't expect them to be. But I do expect people to respect and understand that authors deserve to be paid for the work they're putting in. And if you're holding them back and you're preventing them from getting their money, then you're not a good person. You're, you're not someone I care about. You're someone that I'm actively going to want to see fail because they did the hard labor. Writing a book is not easy. I don't care what anybody says. And writing a romance book is really not easy, like unbelievably not easy because we have very clear standards on what we expect and what we don't expect and what we allow and what we don't allow, like a happy ending. It makes sense. Like you don't want people to have this. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Like it's, you're not watching a soap opera, guys. Like you, you want some, you want the story to have validity within the writing and I think that's important because I think that a lot of people are responding to the lack of cohesion in that. And then when Nora Roberts wrote up the blog post about what happened in Reno in 2005, again, it's on the list of um, Claire Ryan's work, and I will leave that below. It validates why so many marginalized authors ignored the largest organization for writers. Not just romance writers, but writers in general. There's very little that RWA can't do. But also very few people realize that while we have nice white ladies running it in a shadow sense, it was started by a black woman. So this isn't the first time that marginalized authors, that authors of color have been stepped over to maintain a higher position. And it's come out quite a bit. The Prop 8 kind of stuff from the 2000s, the one man, one woman stories, the utter bullshit that was the ceremony in 2005, I think in Reno, that Nora Roberts referenced. All of this stuff tells me that it's been ongoing and it's just been festering and no one said anything. And as readers and as reviewers and as authors, we have a right to know what's going on. And so all of these authors that are putting out their stories, taking the heat, commiserating with each other is something that has to be acknowledged and accepted. And in a more personal note, the Georgia Romance Writers Organization had put a Mexican-American woman in as part of the board, and that's very important because apparently in Georgia, Georgia, y'all, this was the first Mexican-American woman to be on the board. Uh, guys, has anybody known the diversity around Atlanta? Like, anybody? It's quite a bit. There's tons of ethnicities, there's tons of cultures, there's tons of people of color, there's just so much there. And to reduce it down to nice white ladies is grotesque. The president and the board of directors, both chapter-wise and nationally, asked her to step down over, honestly, the same kind of fuckery that Courtney Milan's going through. And... She's not the only one. She's not the first one. There are entire chapters full of diverse areas that are all white people. This is a problem. White people are not the only people that A, read the work, B, buy the work, but C, live the work. Like these are people that are doing their job, doing it well, becoming very important in their own communities, and they're getting annihilated out of the organization because of racism. And prejudice and all kind of other isms including sexism misogynoir all kinds of stuff and i want to say that because i want people to be aware that this is why this podcast is taking the stand as the sole owner of the podcast 
I'm making that statement. My name is Jessica Hannon and I stand with Courtney and so does this podcast because the idea is to create stronger women, ones that have an effect on all of our lives in a positive way. And uh, the fuckery with RWA is not where that needs to be. It's not where it will ever be. As someone, again, from Georgia, finding that out was just heartbreaking because I actually thought about joining RWA before I moved, and I was going to go to my local chapter because I'm in Atlanta, and it's only like a, it was only like a 30-minute drive, 35-minute drive, so it wasn't that big of a deal. And then I find that out. Not okay, guys. Not okay. I just want people to be aware that this is not a national issue. It's also a local issue. It's an organizational issue. And we can clean house. We can recall the president. We can say we like I'm part of it. But we as a community can say, hey, this is not okay. But RWA members can recall. They can do things. They can put things up. But ultimately, the trust is gone. And I can't blame someone for not wanting to trust an organization that was playing, you know, telephone behind people's backs or creating these little schisms of what can happen and what can't happen. All that kind of stuff matters, guys. Seriously matters because we've all been part of that where we've been excluded. And the whole point of RWA was to take away the exclusionary aspect of it and be encompassing and welcoming so writers could learn, so readers could have fantastic books to talk about, so reviewers could see and say what they think and how it fits in their worldview. But RWA, honestly burn it to the ground at this point because there's no way you can root out all the people the roughly three million in assets makes me sick to my stomach because it means that people have been bamboozled for that money they've been (laughs) almost pyramid schemed for it there's nothing you can do about it but it still makes me sick to my stomach and in that note i want to make some declarations for 2020 none of this is written down by the way Sorry, guys, I'm just kind of rambling off the top of my head because there's just so much going on and you can't keep up with it. But for 2020 and for the next decade, I want romance to feature the diversity of women, the diversity of men, the diversity of people, whether you identify as they, them, zee, there, he, she, him, her, um, I I want that to stand out. And I mentioned the she more than anything because deconstructing damsels. But I want characters to represent the wide breadth of reality in the world we live in. You know, like we, we don't live in this homogenous world that everybody thinks. Everything is so different. Think about how many stories that have been blocked out for the neurodivergent alone. Not everybody is going to be exactly like me, which God, I hope not. That would suck for the world. Because diversity is what creates a better community and it creates a better voice and it creates everything. And the ableism, I don't talk about it much on uh, Deconstructing Damsels, but I'm a type 1 diabetic and I very rarely see that in romance novels and I don't know why. Because it's it's a big problem nowadays, but that's something personal to me, so I'm not asking writers to write it, but I would like to see it. Because it's not just me that has this issue. Like, people don't understand. And I don't know if you guys realize how much my relationship with Sven, you know, frequent guest creature, I don't know if you guys realize how much he helped me when my sugars were down from 4,500 miles away. Like, there are actions he's taken and actions he's done that saved my life. 
And I want to see people have that. I want people to have that, that epic romance because I'm not the only one that's ever had that done. There's more people in this world that have cared for each other than people that have hated each other. And I, I want more of that to be a 2020 theme and a 2020 message for romance in general. And for this podcast, for this next decade, well, next year, because hmm, decades are kind of a long gun there. But for this next year, I really want us to diversify. And I say us because I want it to be more of a community thing. I have my boyfriend is a bear, which apparently was uh, reviewed by Smart Bitches Trashy Books earlier this year. I got it because D requested it, patron requested it, and I'm down with it. And it's fairly entertaining. It's a comic. So I want you guys to, if you guys know of any kind of comics that are romance that are good, that have got strong storylines and well-written, strongly independent women, then please let me know. And by independent, I don't mean like boss-ass bitches. I mean independent within themselves. They know themselves. They're independent of someone else's discovery or they're finding their way or they are who they are. I'm looking for those kind of books. So if you have one, please drop it at Damsel's Podcast on Twitter. Fastest way. I mean, I also have the email, which is Damsel's Twitter. Not Damsel's Twitter, sorry. Damsel's Podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, it's the day before New Year's and my brain's a little bit fuzzy. But I want people to understand and be aware. And I want to know more because I think I'm missing a lot on my Twitter timeline, which is where I find a lot of wrecks. That's actually where I find a pineapple in a pear tree, a pineapple in a pine tree. It's actually exactly where I found it was it was a advertised deal. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. So I picked it up. I have a lot of those. Um, there's some books that I have not wrecked this year. They were beautifully done. I just, the content was very difficult for me to talk about because it wasn't my story, but also because as a woman, it kind of makes me recoil in myself and it's not, it has nothing to do with the writing. Absolutely nothing. It just, it's a personal thing. And I want to talk about books that I enjoyed and I wrecked. Um, I want you guys to understand where this podcast is going because I know I've been kind of absent in 2019. I had a major depression, very long depression episode earlier in the year. And then I was working 40 hour weeks in retail during a good half of it. On top of moving internationally the last quarter of the year. So there's been a lot going on. I haven't forgotten. I am picking back up. I've got more books I have to read and I've got more that I want to read. But I also want to get you guys' input. So if there's something that you think I absolutely should, please let me know. Okay, so basic wrap up. 2020. Badass bitches of a different kind. Not necessarily someone that I would see in, like, Elena Michaels from Kelly Armstrong. I love Kelly Armstrong. Elena's not necessarily my favorite, but she's very much that alpha female who came out in a time of alpha females, and I think that was really important. But I want to see women that have got different experiences. I want to read about people from different religious experiences. I'm, like, grew up Christian. But I don't know a lot about other religions. I'm not particularly Christian either. But I don't. I haven't done a deep dive in anything else. So I would like to read more about that. I would like to focus on other ethnic groups and other cultures because the world is diverse. And my little corner was very small. So if you guys have any of those, 
let me know. RWA just kind of needs to burn down at this point because it's it's not salvageable in a way that makes it safe for marginalized people and and or uh, uh, authors of color feel safe and people of color feel safe and I I can't I can't ride on that one. I don't know how the Romance Alliance is going to go. We're still forming it. It's still being done. I'm going to be a part of it because right now I can give the time and I want to make sure that there's some there's some mark that fills gaps that maybe wouldn't have been done if I was there. It's nothing like I'm a big name or anything. It's just I think everybody has something to contribute and I want to make sure that my can, my contribution works with everyone else and helps create a stronger industry and a stronger genre because I know it's not going to be like RWA. It's not going to have that powerhouse backing, but I think it's going to have a lot of input and less demanding and less compliance, which a lot of the recent board emails by RWA has mentioned, including very unsubtle threatenings about people that are speaking out against the organization while being members or formally being on the board. A uh, bad idea. Ooh, bad idea. So I just want people to know that the podcast is working on a way to make it easier for you guys to get access to more topics, more ideas, hopefully more guests, because I'm trying to work that out. Being this many... <laughs> being like so far in advance from the, from a lot of the major people in the U.S. for the RWA standard, which has now kind of gone global. It was already global, but now it's kind of like blown up and other things are happening. And I just, I want people to feel safe within the community. I know it's impossible to make everybody feel safe, but I want majority to feel safe. And that's my line as Jessica. Um, that's no question. But I think everyone deserves that opportunity. So, my next book will be My Boyfriend is a Bear, which is a great comic, by the way. I'm working on getting the rest of it done this week so I can record later. I'm waiting on Doofus, whoops, and to also read it because it was requested that he read it as well. So, we'll be back to that in a couple of weeks. And then I have a couple more books on deck that I'm reading that I'd like to finish and let you know what's going on. I'm just going to research the authors a little bit because I just, I, I don't want to promote any NWLs. Kind of not my thing. And not the point of this podcast. The podcast is to make sure everybody finds something new to read, right? As always, you can find us on Twitter at Damsel's Podcast. Same with Instagram. And Facebook, even though I'm kind of terrible at Facebooking, you can also email us at damselspodcast at gmail.com. And there's a Patreon at damselspodcast, keeping it easy for everybody. So if you want to check us out, you want to see what's up, you kind of find us along the way. And I don't know, it could be pretty interesting. I'm on Twitter a lot, 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 lot. So there could be a bunch of interesting discussions going on. <laughs> but before I go... I want to add something kind of different. I'm going to have a 20 podcast to listen to in 2020. There's kind of a variety and they're all done by women, which is the most important part. So for the romance, there's a lot of them, but they're not all romance. First, you have Heaving Bosoms. You have Boobies and Newbies, Shelf Love, Faded Mates, Rom Book Pod, which is actually based on the hashtag Rom book love 
Faded Mates, of course, is uh, got Sarah McLean and they talk and Jennifer, and they discuss Cressley Cole's series as well as other little individual things. The Wicked Wallflowers Club, which is kind of like an author interview podcast, but there's a lot of really interesting things you can find along the way too. You've got textual attention, which is where one person reads and one person doesn't, and you have them kind of discuss what's going on. It's kind of interesting, especially for the more detrimental books that are out there. You've got Learning the Tropes, which I've mentioned many times on this podcast, and it's awesome. You've got Bodice Tiplers, and you've got Hot and Bothered, as well as Tea and Strumpets. And Shelf Love is kind of an interesting new podcast that's kind of taking off, and I think you guys would probably be really into it. So I wanted to just, you know, push that one out too. Now, I have another section for the other 10 called Women in Charge because they're all run by women, which is the kind of overall arcing theme because as women, we're badasses. So you have What's Her Name, which is also a patron here. You've got Body Count, Book of Lies. Uh, Body Count is obviously about death. Book of Lies is about people who lie. You've got The Exploress, which discusses, you know, history, as well as the Queen's podcast for the same reason. Also, women throughout history that have been badasses. You've got The Tales We Tell, which kind of talks about how media informs our enjoyment of things. You've got The Blurred Girl, which is kind of really interesting. It's about a black nerd girl who really enjoys media that represents her. And I think it's pretty smart, worth listening to. And you have The X-Cast, which is about The X-Files. It's also run by writer Sarah L. Blair, who is kind of awesome anyway. And then we have the Rebel Girls Book Club. And I didn't put this necessarily in the romance section because sometimes they don't always do the same books that we would necessarily put in romance as the people in the the genre, but I want to make sure it was in there. So that will give you everyone to listen to. And I will find links and I will have them somewhere, probably on Twitter, honestly, because there's a lot lot of links there. All right. So now, (laughs) please enjoy the rest of your year and may kindness, love, and protection surround you all. So, Happy New Year. I hope it's a fantastic 2020 for you. I hope it starts off with the proper kind of bang. Have a little fun. Keep burning down organizations that deserve it. And enjoy your next decade. Bye, guys. Mm